on fire, burned out. We're going to wrap this up this morning. Praise God, the end of the thing's better than the beginning. And we're coming back up the mountain. We've been in the valley for a while, and we're coming back up. Is it, who sang the song? I'm coming out. Got the world to know. Got to let it show. I'm coming. I'm coming out. Say that, I'm coming out. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna just completely throw a curveball this morning and I'm gonna I'm just gonna scare you half to death, Miss Sarah. But I we sang that song, We Will Overcome by the Blood of the Lamb and the Word of Our Testimony. And do you mind just very briefly I didn't think I was going to do it this morning. I don't know where Bruce ran off to, his, her, her husband. But uh, Sarah, will you come up and just share what you shared with me Wednesday night? This is Miss Sarah Romine. Would you all please welcome her as she comes up? You know what? I'll let you do it down here, not be too scary. It's on. Good morning. Um, he did throw me a curveball. And Bruce is back in. And he says, praise is a sacrifice. So, That's right. Um, I'll give you a little background first. When I was 17, you know, just a few years ago, um, I was in a car accident. And it, it, was, it was a really bad car accident. Um, one of the people that was in the car ended up dying. Um, I broke my neck. I broke my back in almost every place possible. Um, I broke my hips. I, I was not in good shape. Um, it was many months in the hospital and, and a halo and a progression of collars and therapy and, and painkillers and, and general misery for about the last 20 years. I've, I've never really... Um, I've never really been able to get through a lot of the pain to be able to function and be pain-free. I can take drugs and be pain-free and, and completely oblivious. But anyway, so two Sundays ago, I was baptized. And I have to tell you that it's, I kind of have not said much because it's, it's almost unbelievable for me when you kind of get the one thing that you really, really, really want, but you don't even hope for anymore because you've hoped for it for so long and it's never, ever happened. So I have to tell you that I'm now two weeks without an ounce of pain in my neck. None. Absolutely none. It's been the most... It's... it's, it's Believable now, unbelievable, but now That's for right. me, That's very good. real and very believable. And, and the biggest blessing that I never even asked for anymore because I just didn't think that there was any way around it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All we can do is give that to God. God's just done a miracle in her life. And, you know, for 20, 
20 some odd years or however long in pain just like that my God is still a God that heals my God is still a God that saves and you've probably I bet you've been sitting there believing for something for years I'm going to sing a journey song don't stop believing That's not a journey song. That's a God song. Don't stop believing. You know what? And Just like Elijah under the tree. He had lost everything. He thought the world was coming to an end, and he cried out to God, and God responded. Sarah's given her heart to the Lord recently, and God has responded. You're crying out to God right now on the things that you're in. I want to encourage you, keep crying out. God responds. God responds. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, let somebody get set free right now out of that testimony, out of that testimony that is biblical, out of that testimony that was full of pain and hurt, and, Lord, out of that testimony that has release and power and breakthrough. Lord, I ask according to your word for some overcoming this morning by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Now let it be done according to your word and according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right. I, I, I can't, can't read it. I'm trying to... Uh, we are a spirit-filled Baptist church, which doesn't always sound like the right thing, but yet that's what we are. We're spirit-filled, and we're Southern Baptist, and sometimes we need to let the Holy Spirit lead us. Lord, I just ask you to let that testimony. Do you realize that Satan is overcome by the word of the testimony? We, we go so numb to God's word and the meaning of God's word and the power of God's word. The power of his presence, the power of his spirit. And we just say it and we're like, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. We've overcome. But Sarah has experienced the power of God. And we need that power of God released into this place. You need the power of God in your finances. You need the power of God in your life. You need the power of God in your children. You need the power of God in your parenting. Um, I will tell you, this is not, we don't, we have nothing to gain. That's not really accurate, but we're just offering a service of Bible drills that is power, um, is a power plug-in. Y'all do plug-ins on your apples or your iPods or your your computers, these plug-ins that help your computer do the things that you need them to do. This is a plug-in. This is an app that the church is offering to get you your kids plugged into the Word of God. And it won't go down when lightning strikes. That is so good. It, it won't give you a, a load error. It won't crash. That, that app won't fail the only way it'll fail is if we don't do it the only way if we, that it'll fail is if we don't get our kids in it 
we got we got to install it. <laughs> I feel like a an old timey preacher. We got to hit we got to download it. We got to hit the install button. And you know what? It it costs us something. Now, parents, I will tell you, you will receive in the sanctuary if you bring your kids. But if all you do is bring your kids for your kids' sake, so be it. God will get you the right way. God is good all the time. So I want to encourage you. If your kids aren't in Bible drills, get them in it. They're still at that age where they got to do what you tell them to do. Thank you, Lord, that my mother and my father got it in me when I didn't want it in me. Let me tell you, you are robbing your kids by not parenting your kids. Get them here and make them, whatever, you know, whatever, make them shut their iPods off, make them turn the TV off, whatever. Parent them. Parents, that's, if the world says that's not the right thing to do anymore, we'll check, that's, that means that is the right thing to do. The world says don't do it. Well, got it. I need to have control of my kids. They're mine. Raise them up in the way that they should go so that when they leave, they won't depart from it. You don't raise them up the way they should go. They've got nothing to depart from. And they'll return to you. Okay. Now, I think I'm going to go back. Elijah, let's see if I can finish. I want to finish. Y'all remember... uh, can I finish? Can I finish? What's the guy's name? Ross Perot. Can I finish? Anyway, okay. We've been looking. We've been looking at Elijah. Now, I don't want to necessarily go all the way back into this, but do you remember the kind of day he was having? The power of God's coming from everywhere. Everywhere he speaks, things happen. Do you remember? Elijah's seen all these miracles in the same day. He challenged Ahab. Ahab, you remember? I'm going to do this again. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. Really show me. And he showed it poured water on his offering, God consumed the the offering, fire came down, they slayed all the uh, prophets, they slayed all the prophets of Baal, you remember, and then he prayed for rain, and rain came, and then he outran Ahab's chariot on foot, three major miracles right in a row on the same day, and he shows up, and Jezebel sends him a message, I'm going to kill you for what you've done, and Elijah runs, Elijah runs. We've looked at these. I'm going to very quickly hit these one more time. Discouragement. The open door to discouragement, number one, is exhaustion. Exhaustion. When we get exhausted, how many knows that some of your greatest fights in your life, in your marriage, is because you're exhausted? You're at the end of your rope. The things that normally wouldn't have bothered you, bother you. We get wore out and we're in no position to make a good decision. Because we're wore out. Next, naivety. He was naive. I believe he was naive. I believe he thought, man, this has all happened. It'll be like this the rest of my life. Just the power of God. Just birds, you know, birds on my shoulder. What's that song? Zippity-doo-dah. We have those moments. God's moved. I was even encouraging Sarah this uh, on Wednesday. You know what? It feels great now, but get ready because test is going to come. And go after that test. Get, put the power of God on that test. There's no reason for you to hit rock bottom, but I will tell you, testing will come. Elijah needed somebody to say, Elijah, it's been great, but get ready. Testing's probably going to come. He wasn't ready for it. He thought it would always be like this. And what did he do next? He isolated. Oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. Go 
isolated himself. He removed himself. That's what discouraged people do. They isolate themselves. They get alone. What happens next? Your self-image starts to be hurt. You start to think about, woe is me, and have a pity party. Do you remember? He's just had this powerful day, and what does he say out of his own mouth? God, I've done it all. Nobody's here to help me. Nobody's around to do it. I'm doing it all. Just end my life. The sun hasn't even gone down. Power amongst power after power, God working through him, and now he wants to be done. Next, it causes us to run from our responsibility. Elijah ran. So many of us in discouragement are running from what we're supposed to do. Next, it causes us to blame others. Have you noticed that when we're hurt, we start to point and identify the people that hurt us? Why we're hurt? Not how do we get out of the hurt, but I'm hurt because of you. I'm hurt because of you. I'm hurt because of this. My boss, my church, I'm hurt because of my parents, because of my kids. Not how do I get out of this? What, what have I done wrong? But look at what you've done wrong. And then finally, it causes us to blur the facts. I was just back there in the sound booth, and Brandon was saying, I'm going to tell everybody I caught a catfish this big. I almost sees, I don't know where he's at, but I almost said to him, you must be discouraged. <laughs> we tend to cause our problems that are this to wind up this. I can, I can be in a situation, see somebody in the morning, they say, man, I've got a problem, and it's this. Three hours later, it's gone and gotten so much bigger. What happened? Nothing happened. It's still the same problem. Okay, wait a minute. Let's get it back down to where we are. Here it is. We can handle this. But finally, number eight, where we're going to end today, is discouragement makes our future look hopeless. The greatest day in Elijah's life has just passed. The greatest day in the life of Israel has just passed. They've all just seen God move and has turned to God, right? The whole nation turned when the fire came down. Yet Elijah's saying, I'm alone and I want to die. You see, his future seems dark. And when we are clouded with discouragement, there's a tendency to think that nothing good is ever going to happen again in the future. Now, how did God take this wonderful man, Elijah, and help him out of the valley of discouragement? Five things. If you would, if you've got a bulletin, look in your notes. We've got bulletin notes this morning. Trying to give you something to take home with you. If you don't have a bulletin, can I get a couple ushers? Anybody not have a bulletin? A couple ushers, can somebody help me? Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Bobby. I want you to have this. We're going to wait just a minute. Five things that Elijah, that God did for Elijah, that he wants to do for you and me. Keep your hands up if you don't mind, those of you that need a bulletin. By the way, if you want to know what's going on in the church, get a bulletin. We can't always put it on the PowerPoints. We can't, certainly can't say it all from the pulpit. Get a bulletin. I know it's kind of old school, but church is old school. Pete. Church, church, isn't, church is not dead. Church is for today. 
We, we want to get it in our minds that this is the old thing. It's not the old thing. It's the God thing. And Jesus is coming back for the church. Somebody needs to tell the world that Jesus is coming back for the church. I am the pastor and I am a little bit prejudiced, but church is fun. Church is good. And it needs to come out of your mouth. Tell somebody that church is fun. And it's good. And it's life-changing. All right, everybody got one? You guys in the balcony, everybody got one that needs one? I take that as a yes. All right. What did God do for Elijah? Number one, rest and food. The first thing God did prescribed to, uh, the first thing that God prescribed to this discouraged person was to get some rest and food. Now, I am going to we, uh, Blake, I don't have this in there, but we're going to read this real quick. Kings chapter 19 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 5 Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree suddenly an angel touched him and said to him Arise and eat Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water, So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back in the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arise and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. What did God do? God gave him rest and food. I think it's, I think it's natural and I think it's spiritual. I think that we can see that God wants to fulfill you spiritually but also in the natural. God wants to be your provider on your table, on your table for food, on your table for nourishment. What is that? It is, he is the provider. He is, he is your provision. You're struggling to provide. God provides. He also gives rests. Are you struggling for rest? I can tell you just this week I've started praying, and I used to do this my whole life, but I've stopped. It's just laying down and saying, Lord, give me good rest. Don't let me have any bad dreams. It sounds like a child, but I prayed it as a child. I had bad dreams as a child. And I would pray, Lord, let me have a good night's sleep and let me have, don't let me have any bad dreams. And you know what? I'd forgotten to do that. It's not that I've been having bad dreams. I haven't. But it's easy as you get older to lose your rest. That's not biblical. As a child of God, God wants to give me good rest. So I need to be asking for good rest. When I ask for good rest, that is according to his word. And he wants to answer according to his word. And you know, when I wake up, I want to be fed. I want to have food next to my bed, made by the Lord. Wake up, and sure enough, there's a little, a little Debbie hostess cake. I don't get to eat those anymore because I've been on diets. But there it is by God. Well, if God, you made it. I'll eat that. I love little Debbies. We get discouraged, and the best thing we can do sometimes is just take a little time off. We need some rest. 
I'm telling you right now, if some of you are discouraged, what you need to do, if you get behind the eight ball, we have a tendency of doing this, is getting more busy. When we get down, we think, let's do more, I'll do more. No. Our tendency is to say, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be here. And we start churning mentally and physically and spiritually. And we need to take a good spiritual nap and a natural nap. I would tell you that we need to eat, but you know, many of us don't need to eat. <laughs> we need to come apart. We need to get with the Lord or we'll fall apart. And it's good to get away and it's good to get some rest mentally and physically and spiritually. There's nothing ungodly about that. There's an old Greek uh, saying, an old Greek motto. And I forgot to put it in. Uh, it's, it's in your bulletin. It's on there too. Great. You will break the bow if you always keep it bent. Sometimes we just need to rest. We need godly rest. Remember, going on vacation, your problems will go with you on vacation. Because you go on vacation. Sometimes you need to get alone with God. And you need some good spiritual rest. But what else did God do for Elijah right here in this in the scripture? He gave him encouragement. He encouraged him to get in touch with himself. Do you remember what he said? Elijah, what are you doing here? God wants to ask you, why are you where you are in your life? Why are you so struggling with where you are? And you know what? Sometimes you need to get some reality. You need to ask yourself, what's going on with me? My true feelings. We need to vent. We can hear that Elijah is venting to God. God, I'm the only one. I'm this great saint. I'm the one that does it all. But you know what? God allowed him to vent. God allowed him to say what was on his heart. You know, what he said was, I work very hard for you, God, and people are rejecting you, and I'm the only one still serving you, and now they're trying to kill me. Is that the whole picture? Is that reality? No, it's not. It's far, it's far from the real picture. But discouraged people, what they see is real to them. As far as they're concerned, it is the real picture. He has had a loss of perspective. Do you remember discouragement is basically a temporary loss of true perspective. Discouragement is a temporary loss of true perspective. It's a temporary loss of reality. God allows Elijah to get in touch with himself. And I've listed here on your uh, sermon notes a, a way to maybe consider where you are. I would encourage you to take some time this week with this little formula that I've given you in your notes about the known factors. All the things that you know are causing you to be discouraged and write them down. For example, what would have Elijah said underneath the juniper tree while he, if, if he were to be asked, Elijah, what are the known factors of why you're discouraged? Number one, he would say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I've had a long day. I'm tired. You know what? That's real. That's true. And then what, what, what else would he write down? He'd write down Jezebel. Jezebel's real. She's there. That's a real known factor. And you know what? I probably would have ran again had I got that letter in the mail. 
could really be a downer in your life. This person's after you, wants to kill you. Now sometime this week when you're in a time of discouragement, write down the known factors. Write down the things that are real. The second one is a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult, and that's why you need to get in touch with yourself. Because you need to get healed emotionally. And this is the unknown factors. Pretty soon these will be things that bob up to the surface in your mind and you'd, you'd like to just feel like, say, man, I didn't realize that, but that's there. Start praying to the Lord, showing you what else is there. What's part of the reason why I'm so discouraged? Maybe it's a good friend, maybe a good friend, a good Christian brother or sister, maybe a spouse will walk into your life. And maybe say, you know what, do you remember going through this? Do you remember this thing that you went through? Don't be afraid to ask some people that are close to you. Man, I'm discouraged here. Can you t- do you know why I would be discouraged there? So many times my wife is able to shed light in areas of my life that I don't see. So many times my staff and my parents, my friends, will be able to shed light in areas that I don't see. Why? Because I have a certain perspective maybe I even choose to ignore the reality I know that's there but I'm just ignoring it I'm not gonna accept it I remember pastor Matt's pastor down in Mobile people would come in there with complaints to him and he would just say I don't receive that well good for you you know the the church is burning down I don't receive that but it's burning down don't bring that into my office the church wasn't burning down but legitimate problems he would just say I don't receive that now I'm not saying he's wrong but we need some reality you know what you need we need the spirit of God to show you truth that's what we're looking for and sometimes your spouse sometimes your friends sometimes your loved ones can show you truth it hurts Elijah's sitting under this tree and necessarily what God's about to say get back to work isn't what he wants to hear but it's truth it's where his deliverance is. It's where his coverage is. Four areas about change right there in your notes. When we start to deal with these issues, area number one, four areas of change. Take a look at this. Areas that I can change. Do you know that you have control over certain things? Always start with what you can do. Areas that I can change. For example, if Elijah was writing down this list under the tree, You know what he could write down? I can change my attitude. No one has made me get to this point. I have brought myself here. I ran away and I have let my mind go. How many knows that your attitude can change? You can decide. You know, you can get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a good day and fight all day to have a good day. And you know what? I guarantee you, you'll have a good day. Or you can let the first thing knock you down and let it say, man, it's going to be a horrible day. And you just continually stumble the rest of the day. It's a decision. I don't care what you face. You can have a good day through it. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. What can I change? What else can he say? Elijah chose to have a self-pity party. He chose to feel sorry for himself. He can change the way that he thinks. What about areas that can get changed? For example, he can go to Elisha. He can go and get some help. 
He can go. He can get up. He can move. He can start to look. What can change? What can we go and change? Areas that can change themselves. There are certain things in the process of discouragement that I promise you will change by themselves. For example, time and rest. When you get rest, the situation will change. Time changes everything. And also healing comes in time. Sometimes just getting away for a period of time. Have you ever had a time to just say, let me just walk away for just about five minutes. And you come back with a whole new answer. Have you ever had a time when you're just so going so hard at it and you just say, hey, turn some music on. Now this happens in my life and all of a sudden my mind takes a turn. Or let me walk outside and get a breath of fresh air. Air. What happens? Your perspective changes. Sometimes if you'll just get up and walk around, walk away, go ask for help, things will change themselves. In a week or two, things are going to get better. And then finally, areas that will not change. Coming out of discouragement will never happen if you're not realistic about it. For example, on the areas that won't change in Elijah, we can put it into one word, Jezebel. Jezebel is still going to be there when he gets back. No matter how much he prays under that tree, Jezebel's still there. He still has to face her. Right? The problems that you've got are not just going to poof and disappear. You've got to go face them. He needs to realize that when he gets out of the valley, there he is, Jezebel. That's not going to change. And if you and I have in our life a Jezebel an issue, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a problem, maybe it's a state of life, maybe it's a physical handicap. There are certain things in life that until we begin to understand that we're, we may always have them, they're always going to be there, we have a tendency to get scourged and down again. Just like, again, I'm going to keep referring to Sarah. She had almost given up on her pain. She had come to the fact that, you know what, this may be here for a while. And at her age now, receives Jesus Christ. Not based on, she didn't come out of that water expecting for healing, not even praying for healing. She came out of that water healed. It was a byproduct. We got lined up with kingdom and the kingdom came. All Elijah needs is lining. Alignment. He gets alignment. Jezebel's going to be taken care of. He's been under alignment, under power. He stepped out from under it and all of a sudden all hell's broke loose. And God said, whoa, get back under here. Okay, now let's go. Let me try to finish. God renewed a relationship with him. Back to the five things. God renewed a relationship with him. God pulled him aside and he said, let me show you who I am. And he did it in several ways. Do you remember? If you you got to go read this. I don't have time. It said that a mighty wind came, that an earthquake came, that fire leaped on the mountainside, that all these things were coming. And it said, but God wasn't in those. God was just showing him power after power. But then he came. And do you know how he came? Go back and read this. He came with a still, small voice. He came with comfort. He came with an answer. He came with power. He came with relationship. He came with communication. God wants to renew a relationship with you. Two more things. It said the Lord, uh, verse 15, he says, uh, Oh, I don't have this one in there. 
Well, number four, number four is he said, get back to work. I love that. He said, get back to work. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and get back at it. The Lord said to him, go return your way. What is that? Quit your fussing and get back at it. I love that. How many knows that when you start serving again, when you start doing according to God's word, all the cobwebs start to get worked out? Get back to work. Remember, Elijah was so down on the future. You know what God said? He said, you're down, but you don't need to be discouraged. Elijah, you may think the end is in sight, but it isn't. It's not even close. Can I give you a word? The sun's going to rise tomorrow. And tomorrow I will still be God, God says. I'm still God. He says, when your life ends, I will remain. You know what he says? I'm going to send you somebody. That's number five. He sent somebody to minister to him. He sent some help. Nothing like a good God to give you help. He doesn't just leave you. It's like Moses saying, I can't do this, God. I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't do it all. Okay, I'll give you Aaron. Elijah's under the tree. I can't do it anymore. Okay, I'll give you Elisha. I'll give you help. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you help. The situation that you're in right now, I want you to know the Lord wants to feed you. He wants to rest you. He wants to heal you. And he wants to equip you. And he wants to give you some help. That's how God rolls. And he doesn't yell at you for the way you're fussing at him. Do you know he says if you'll ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you without reproach. He won't make you feel bad for the questions that you're asking. Just ask him. I don't believe he even cares how you ask. Just talk to him. When you talk to him, I believe you acknowledge his power and presence. That's all he's looking for. He knows you're not perfect. He wants you just like you are. But you've got to cry out to him. The last part, my favorite part of this whole story, verse, uh, 1 Kings 19, 21. It says, so he returned from the following and took him a pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Notice right here it says, and then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. He gave him Elisha. He gave him Elisha. This is Elisha. God allowed somebody to come into Elijah's life and minister to him. The same way that God wants somebody in your life to help you and to minister to you. The homework for today is go home today and think about your discouragement and think how you got there. And then I want you to cry out to God and ask for help. Turn to the Lord and ask for help. I've gone so late. All you Sunday school teachers, please forgive me. I want you to know your breakthrough is important. You're getting up and getting out, getting out from under your feel sorry for yourself tree and getting back to what God's wanting you to be doing is the main thing today. I'm not trying to discount Sunday school at all. God's going to move in Sunday school this morning. I can feel it. I can feel the Holy Spirit falling upon Sunday school this morning. Go to Sunday school. But get out from under your tree. Cry out to God. Don't get out from under your tree without, without God, though. You need to leave out from under that tree with God. Do you hear me? Don't try to quit trying to do it on your own.
Take this moment of discouragement and say, okay, God, I know why I'm here. I know I've made so many mistakes. Lord God, help me. I turn to you. I turn to you. Will you do that? Will you do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I... Lord, you're the answer. You're the answer. Lord, we can go on our whole life living under that tree. Or we can cry out to you. Lord, help us to cry out to you. Lord, as I just sit here and and so desire for the, the church to receive you in that way. Lord, I know that every time I have slowed down and cried out to you, you've answered every time. And church, I wish you knew how normal I was. I wish you knew how normal I was. I am. Because I'm just a man that makes mistakes, have have thoughts that shouldn't always that aren't always clean that I always, I have to repent just like you but every time I turn to the Lord he responds every time he comes to the rescue in, in my marriage we don't have marriage problems we've got a great marriage I love my wife my smoking hot wife Woo, hallelujah I got great kids but whenever we have issues we cry out to God, God responds. In our finances, we have problems. When we try to handle it ourselves, we sink. When we cry out to God, He responds. Church, I can't cry out for you. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Do you need Jesus? Cry out to God. Do you need healing? Cry out to God. You don't have to go through a prayer line. Cry out to God. Do you need breakthrough? Cry out to God. I'm going to do this quickly. If you need prayer this morning, I'm just going to open up the altar right now. We all stand up, and those that are praying, come on down. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, step out this morning. Let us pray with you. I encourage you. Step out right now. Let us cry out to God together. We'll cry out with you up here.